This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 29th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. When Christian Barnard went to college, he did so as cheaply as possible. Imagine his and my horror at the notion that people who chose big student loans to get through school, even graduate school, having those loans forgiven at taxpayer expense. Barnard is now a policy analyst at the Reason Foundation. We talked about higher ed, student debt, and debt forgiveness. How did you uh, get through school cheaply? Well, basically, when I was in high school, I applied to seven or eight different colleges. Uh, I got accepted to four or five of them. And then I just started doing some cost analyses, right? Looking at which ones uh, gave me the biggest uh, financial aid packages, which ones were actually considering larger merit-based scholarships. Um, And I ended up choosing a college, uh, Messiah College in Pennsylvania, that gave me um, a pretty good, uh, pretty close to full tuition scholarship. Um, and a lot of financial aid. And it was a great school, but I ended up selecting that uh, largely because of the competitive financial aid package. Okay. And how did you keep costs down when you were in college? So when I was in college, I mean, I first of all, I, I had a lot of AP credits that I petitioned for the college to accept. So I actually was able to start with um, more than a semester's worth of credits already under my belt. Um, and then, I, I mean, I worked, I did a, a couple work-study jobs. I, I worked as a janitor. Uh, I worked in our career and professional development office. I was a, a tutor uh, for a lot of philosophy and economics students. Um, and ultimately, I was trying to push to graduate a year early, so I overloaded uh, my credit count a couple semesters. And the total effect of that was graduating with roughly 5000 in student loan debt uh, from a private college, which was kind of surprising that I came out that way, but it was great. Okay. So uh, many Democrats running for president Mm -hmm. have plans of varying levels of detail. Uh, I think Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are probably the most notable with uh, with their plans uh, to wipe away a great deal of student debt for people who essentially did not do what you did. Right. Yeah, I was. I mean, obviously, people want to differentiate between Bernie's plan and Elizabeth Warren's plan, partially because Warren caps it. But of course, those caps are still pretty high. It stops. You can get up to fifty thousand in loan forgiveness um, up to, when you're making up to a hundred thousand dollars, and that phases out um, up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in income a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty poor targeting. It forgives a lot of people who borrowed recklessly. Uh, people who have graduate degrees and who are reaping the benefits of that. It's also important to know that those benefits will continue long after their loan, their loan debt is taken care of one way or another. So it's not, it's not, it doesn't even capture the full regressiveness of the policy to just look at how much of the debt is held by middle and upper class people and people with graduate degrees, because they're going to, for the rest of their working lives, continue to earn the benefits of those degrees. Uh, so yeah, it's it's poor targeting from either plan, I'd say. I mean, you need if you if you want to deal with the financial issues related to college, you need to hold institutions themselves accountable, and you also probably need to consider targeting a, a, a debt relief program to the people who actually uh, need it and who are on the lower income. Yeah, so um, I I wonder why young people don't do the kinds of calculations that uh, you did going mm-hmm. in. And uh, I can remember being 18 years old, and I didn't do any. Any, <laughs> you did obviously much more sophisticated uh, yeah. uh, comparisons than I did when I was thinking about going to college. 
Yeah, I would say that, um, and it's hard to say that all 18-year-olds or 17-year-olds are obligated to have this pretty sophisticated uh, way of considering, you know, which college to go to, to economy, to really economize about it, right? Like look at what their future repayment, like monthly repayments uh, would look like. I think you need to solve some of the information problems, right? There's a big cultural push, right? You need a four-year degree. And so a lot of people go to college not knowing what they want to do. They might choose a school just because of prestige. Uh, so you need all sorts of basic, you need to provide those kinds of kids with the information so that they can make better decisions. And you also need to make sure that college doesn't just keep getting more and more expensive. But I don't think, uh, obviously, more aid, more federal aid has been a big part of the problem, not the solution to that problem. Well, but it's, it's proposed as the solution. It is presented, additional aid is presented as a solution to the high cost of college. Right. In in the past, that was the idea, like in the 70s and 80s, as federal aid uh, really expanded for college, the idea was to increase. Well, it, it, but it has, it makes intuitive sense. Why, do, why isn't that not correct? Well, as you increase aid, the colleges are just going to ratchet up tuition costs, right? You have a lot of people who talk about what's called the Bennett hypothesis, which is that a lot of the federal aid that's increased for kids is actually recaptured by the colleges themselves. So rather than alleviating the financial burden for the kids, it's actually giving the colleges more and more money so they can expand their programs, have more administrative bloat, right? There's some evidence from the, uh, it says that about up to 65 cents of every additional dollar in federal aid is captured by the colleges, right? So more than half of those that federal aid is not even actually alleviating the cost uh, burden for the kids who are receiving that aid. All right. So, you know, after my wife got out of grad school and we were making plans, this is before we got married, we decided we we're just going to pay off all of our student loans. And we hunkered down. Mm -hmm. We lived as cheaply as we possibly could in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, and we paid off uh, in excess of $130,000 in, in less than two years. And that was radical. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I feel, and this is, this, is, this, is not, this is not really a policy point, it feels like a kick in the teeth right. uh, to have these widespread proposals to alleviate all of this college debt that is currently outstanding for, de for degrees of frankly, varying remunerative value. Yeah. Yeah, that was exactly my frustration when I first heard these plans, right? I mean, again, I thought back to, and I would immediately concede that my story is not dramatic, um, but I did a lot of things that my, uh, my other peers simply didn't do as far as trying to get through college as quickly as possible, actually evaluating what kind of degrees they would want. Some of my peers went on to master's programs, right, just because they felt like they just needed to get more education, you know. And so for me to consider, to just imagine those kinds of people getting basically completely, the, all those decisions are just wiped clean, right? Uh, I think that is really frustrating just to consider. There are uh, effects that probably ought to be considered, though, uh, for uh, some people who are advocating large-scale debt relief for young people. Uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, recently did a wonderful story about millennials and how these these folks are, for better or worse, uh, may well be a generation of renters. That is, they are uh, saddled with a, with a great many of them are saddled with a great deal of debt. And if they had that debt uh, alleviated, we may see 
not just benefits to them, that that much would be clear, but some macroeconomic effects as well that would be beneficial to our economy. Right. Yeah. I think that there's plenty of economic stimulus rationale that you could drum up. I, I guess my big question is why wouldn't you reward other kinds of, or why wouldn't you wipe clean other kinds of debt? Let's say auto loan debt. If you get a, get rid of auto uh, of auto loan debt, you'd probably also have a similar uh, you know, short-term economic stimulus that could come from that. Or if you wiped all credit card debt, you would have some kind of short-term economic stimulus. So I feel like similar rationales could be applied. So, um, and again, in the long term, if you basically reward institutions for ratcheting up costs, you're not going to actually solve the root of the problem. So, um, but know that there's certainly a case to be made <laughs> as far as the stimulus. But again, I think that you really can't differentiate between other kinds of debt. All right. So uh, even if even if all this debt were wiped out and um, everybody's happy with the outcome of that, it doesn't seem like the fundamental incentives driving people to borrow huge sums of money uh, actually changes in any way. That This seems like a, 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 temp- a very temporary fix to the problem of very expensive college educations. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I discussed in my piece was an alternative, which is called these income sharing agreements. This has been pioneered at Purdue University. So the idea is that you actually have private investors invest in certain kids uh, and, and they pay for their college education, either part or all of it. And in return, they get some fixed uh, percentage of that student's uh, future income. Now, what this does is it kind of adds some market features to the whole thing where uh, you're not necessarily going to get financial aid for a degree or for a program that's not actually going to pay off or if there's a lot of risks attached to it. Um, I think that's one alternative, right? It's just getting underway. It's not a very new idea, at least in the United States. But um, that would be one way of making sure that people aren't just getting loans, that the market actually reflects you know, the costs and benefits of certain uh, educational pathways. Christian Barnard is a policy analyst at the Reason Foundation. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us and suggest show topics at Twitter at Cato Podcast.